And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode 399 of the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin. My name is Tom Harris, and I'm coming at you apparently from the depths of Muspelheim today because it is grossly hot outside. And I do have to apologize in advance, folks, because I know my voice is sounding a bit strange this time around. And that is because seasonal allergies. And I thought about delaying the show for a week, but, you know, I had no guarantee that the seasonal allergies would be gone then. So, yeah, so I'm just going ahead and continuing on as normal. So, how's everybody out there? Hope everybody is staying safe. Hope everybody is getting their vaccinations, getting back to normal here. I spent a couple of days last week in Indiana where I think people were not really wearing masks anyway, even in the the depths of the pandemic. But it does seem like things are getting back to normal. Actually ate in restaurants for a couple times last week. That's not something that has happened for a while. Um, so yeah, I mean, things are slowly getting back to normal and I really hope that everybody out there, things are getting back to normal for you too, in a good way. And the, the good aspects of the pandemic, cause there were some good aspects of the pandemic. Hopefully those will continue on in your lives as well. Make it easier for you to do things, make it easier for people to work from home and not have to go to an office and be more productive with their time and that kind of thing. Anyhow, we have... The final issue of Ultimate Thor to cover. So let's move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You behold in breathless wonder the God of Thunder, mighty Thor. Indeed, and this week we are looking at Ultimate Thor, number four. April 2011 was the cover date. Retail price was $3.99. Cover art is by Carlos Pacheco, inked by uh, someone else, and shows Thor, and he is fighting, apparently, the Incredible Hulk, and he is slamming his hammer down on the Hulk, and the Hulk is holding it back with his hands, and there's lightning pouring off the hammer. Very dynamic action shot here from Carlos Pacheco. We open up to the summary page where we have previously an ultimate Thor, the EUSS High Command, present day Thor Leif Goldman, a man enrolled in the European Super Soldier Program, spirals into a psychological delusion, believing that he is a Norse god lost among men. Professor Braddock, the head of the program, can't determine the source of the subject's problem and recruits Dr. Blake for help. Dr. Blake claims that the patient is remembering. In Asgard ages ago, Thor has been given Mjolnir, a weapon so powerful he has become virtually unstoppable. Balder, Thor's brother, catches their other sibling, Loki, stealing the powerful Norn stones from Odin's chambers. In a moment of defiance, Loki kills Balder in cold blood. 
In Asgard in 1939, posing as Baron Zemo, Loki has made an alliance with the Frost Giants laying siege to Asgard and inciting Ragnarok, the end of all things. In the final moments of destruction, Odin banishes Loki to the room without doors, but is killed by Mammoth, the leader of the Frost Giants. Crushed by his father's death, Thor swings Mjolnir one last time, dissipating Asgard into nothingness. And of course, we have the credits. Jonathan Hickman was the writer. Carlos Pacheco is the penciler. Dexter Bynes with Jeff Hewitt and Jason Paz were the inkers. Colorists were Edgar Delgado, Jay Albertov, and Jorge Gonzalez. Letterer was the VC's Clayton Cowles. Cover art is by Pacheco Vines and Delgado. Assistant editor is Sana Amanat. Senior editor is Mark Paniccia. Editor-in-chief is Joe Casada. Publisher is Dan Buckley. And Alan Fine was the executive producer. The story opens up with Thor in his bedroom or in his cell or whatever it is. And he hears a voice. Wake up, Thor. Open your eyes. I remember, says Thor. Betrayal. War. The end of all that was good. I remember everything. Finally, says Blake. Can you tell me who I am? And uh, Thor looks up at him and he says, The men here call you Dr. Donald Blake. Yes, they do, says Blake. But what's my real name? And Thor looks uh, kind of odd for a moment. Balder, the brave. Balder, my brother, says Thor. And we see Blake's face for the first time. I knew there had to be something going on there. And it is indeed Balder. Welcome back. And the two of them embrace, and Thor says, Gods, I remember. I I don't have the words. How are you here? Like you, I was reborn with purpose, says Balder. I'm so confused, says Thor. It's as if I've been asleep for far too long a time. That's because you have been, Thor, says Blake. Right now, the burnt husk of the world tree towers over the ruins of Asgard. A dead winter where nothing lives marks what was once paradise. But the Allfather will return when we need him most. The world tree will bloom. Odin will be reborn. And a brilliant, fragmented light, a rainbow bridge, will mark the way back to Asgard. Until that time, what was once in him lives on in us, here on Earth. Why, says Thor. Because Father means to remake two worlds, says Balder. Asgard into what it once was, and this one into what it can be. How do you understand these things, Balder, says Thor. And while this is going on, they're exiting the, um, the cell, and they're walking down the corridor here at uh, the, the Super Soldier Project. I am the Eye of Odin. His vision lives in me, says Blake slash Balder. And you, Thor, you are his heart, and have it in you to make it so. Time to change the world, little brother. I have never believed that to be true, Balder. And now I am powerless, a mortal man. And I fail to see a path leading to the future you speak of. A way will present itself, Thor. Perhaps there will be a sign. And what do we do while we're waiting for that? We live, brother. We live. Come with me. They are waiting for us in the lab. And they're heading off towards the lab. And we see there are many, many people in the lab. And there's some sort of armor... Like a chest plate up on uh, like a crash test dummy looking sort of thing. There's a bunch of people around looking at computer screens and yeah, obviously working on this project. There's also a big transparent glass thing with 
equations written on it because that's become kind of the thing to do now, isn't it? Instead of having a chalkboard, you, you have a big piece of plexiglass and people are writing on it with a dry erase pen. I guess a whiteboard would have been just too um, every day, I guess. Anyway, and uh, they run into Brian Braddock and uh, he is uh, he's talking to uh, Thorne. He says, how are you feeling, Thor? Well, Brian, thank you. So, what do you think? And the, he's kind of gesturing at the crash test dummy sort of thing. Humph, this is different than the original design, Dr. Braddock. And Dr. Braddock is, is there. The father says, yes, the final optimized version of both the harness and belts have undergone extensive modifications. You've inspired quite a few changes, my friend, says Brian. And they start to put this uh, breastplate and belt thing on Thor. Certain elements of the original design remain in place. Flight, super strength, limited invulnerability. There are, however, other obstacles that we are trying to overcome. Dr. Robertson? And there's another doctor here explaining the problems, and he's a, a much older guy. It's the portable power unit. We integrated a four-dimensional teleportation engine as well as weather manipulation and environmental ionization. Lightning, says Thor. That's what I said. Unfortunately, we've reached a couple of design dead ends. One, the engineering team remains uncomfortable with attaching the charging unit to the harness or belt, fire too close to the fuel and all that. And two... Its form is dictated by its function. There's no getting around the size and shape of the damn thing. And we can see that it is a, a pretty large sort of um, device. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a big lump of, of metal. So unless we come up with a breakthrough, we're stuck with... Why are you smiling? And uh, he's, he's talking to Blake here. And Blake says... Doctor, I think there's a simple solution to your problem. Yes, what's that? And he kind of gestures at, at Thor, and Thor has drawn a, uh, a diagram on the clear plexiglass. It's very obviously a hammer. And he says, make me a hammer. And we shift scenes to eight months later, and it's sort of a uh, like a TV show that is being uh, being created, and there's a woman named Judy who is uh, interviewing Thor, and they show an image of Captain America, and she's saying, "This was the scene one week ago as Captain America was reintroduced to the world as part of the United States New Defense Initiative." The Ultimates are the latest chapter in the fascinating story of emerging superhumans throughout the world. Tonight, we'll look at this growing phenomenon and what it means for each of us, the ordinary, everyday citizens of Earth. Joining us now is the first European posthuman, the Norse god of thunder. Good evening, Thor. Hello, Judy, says Thor. I understand you're in Tunisia this evening. Yes, I'm helping him with the UN-sponsored water reclamation project. Hopefully, if I do my part, and we have a bit of luck, two years from now, this patch of desert will be able to provide long-term sustenance for the surrounding villages. Then we can focus on doing even more. That sounds wonderful. Thank you. It really is. I do hope you don't mind me switching gears here, but I have to ask about the rumors concerning the Americans wanting you to join their new team. Any truth there? They have contacted me, but no. 
I wouldn't plan on something like that happening. Why not? Why do you assume I would want to? Well, there's no arguing that all the work you do, like what's going on in Africa right now, your other nonprofit organizations, the books, the speaking engagements, there's no arguing that what you're doing is a good thing. But aren't these problems that normal people can handle? Aren't there bigger things out there that only people like you can accomplish? The work I'm doing matters, Judy. Yes, but surely you understand. Oh, I understand. Everywhere I go, people tell me I have a responsibility to change the world. Why is that? Because we want you to. And Thor just kind of sits there for a moment, uh, staring, and he finally says, I'm working on it. We then shift scenes once again, and we are in Norway uh, one week later, and we see people playing music in front of a bonfire, and Thor's sitting there next to a car. A helicopter comes down and uh, into the middle of all where all these bonfires are, stirring up lots of uh, ashes and sparks and that kind of thing. Uh, but that's interrupted by another flashback <laughs> because it shifts two panels later to one month earlier. And we see a scene in a fancy restaurant and sitting in this restaurant are various people at tables. And one of those people is very obviously uh, MCU Nick Fury, uh, the Samuel Jackson Nick Fury. And uh, though this does kind of, no, I guess this doesn't really predate that, does it? Because the first of the Marvel movies with him came out about the same time, maybe a little bit earlier. Anyway, so anyway, we've got uh, the Sam Jackson, Nick Fury, and he's sitting at a table. Uh, looks like he's eating some sort of a, a steak. And he is uh, talking to Thor off panel as Thor arrives. We, we just kind of see the edge of his hammer as Thor walks in. <laughs> um, yeah, but they're, they're kind of keeping him hidden. I'm here now, says Thor. Running a little late, says Fury. Well, thank God for that. Hope you don't mind me starting without you. I was starving. And Thor drops his hammer on the table with a big thump and uh, sits down in the chair. And Fury says... Yeah, thanks, but I'm going to stick with the fork. Menu's right in front of you. I hear this joint does some very fine work in the salad department. And Thor's just sitting there with his arms crossed, staring at Fury as he drinks his wine and eats his steak. Okay then, says Fury. Why don't I just get right to it? Thor, I have an opportunity for you. And if you don't mind too much, I'd also like to offer you a bit of career advice. I already have counsel, says Thor. And his wisdom is measured in millennia, General Fury. Just the offer, then. Fair enough. We'd like for you to join our team. We have dental. I don't know, General, says Thor. Should I spend my days helping the everyday men and women of this world, or should I spend them taking orders from the bagman of a greedy nation-state? Maybe I'm overthinking things. Why do I get the feeling you're trying to shame me, says Fury? Oh, I am, says Thor. Wrong stick, son. Wrong dog. I don't spend my days meditating or running self-help seminars. I deal with real problems that require hard decisions. And in almost every instance, people's lives hang in the balance. Even then, I sleep just fine. The only thing that does keep me up at night are the things I can't plan for. Things like you. And the only solution to that kind of problem is someone like you. I don't care that you don't like my politics and I don't care that you're a Boy Scout. What I care about is that you swing a big hammer. The world is changing, my friend. If I yell, it's because I need you. 
And we have scenes and we're back in that Norway uh, scene where the helicopter is landing and um, the helicopter lands and we see Fury get out of the helicopter and there's some other people with him. He walks up to where Thor is leaning up against a car uh, drinking out of a uh, looks like a beer bottle. Somebody hasn't been answering my telephone calls, he says. And we shift scenes once again, and we are in Hamburg, Germany. It says one week later, and we have an old man, and he is sleeping in a bed, and he is uh, thinking in his head, or he's remembering um, the words of Zemo, and uh, the words are, Be vigilant, Helmut. Be loyal. Tell me what you have learned. And this is a scene of uh, you know Zemo in the stone circle where remember they they open the portal to uh, Asgard. So we are led to believe that this is this old man as a young soldier, and he is holding the box with the runes. So this is the uh, you know remember he passed off the box of runes to to the soldier before they went through. And Zemo is telling the soldier about the runes. He says there are twenty four sacred runes, one rune on each stone. So 24 stones. On the pillar, there should be three spaces, one for each rune. A particular sequence of three enables you to use the gate to open a doorway to one of the seven accessible realms. Asgard, Alfheim, Jotunheim, Niederweller, Svartalfheim, Vanaheim, and Midgard. And we see the old man actually in a pickup truck, and he's driving back to this uh, place. And uh, he has a box that he opens and he's you see that there are three runes inside the box yes he's remembering and each stone is only used once within each sequence seven sets of three is 21 baron what of the other three says helmet those lead somewhere else and helmet uh, arrives on the the portal and he puts the runes in the portal and he puts his hand on it and he says the nonsense runic words that uh, they said earlier in the, the other issue. And uh, we get the completion of the Loki quote, or Zemo quote, those lead somewhere else to a room with no doors. And he opens up the portal and we see Loki come striding out and Helmut is there, and he is uh, kneeling on the ground, uh, bowing to him. And he says, What now, master? Now I have some fun, says Loki. We then shift scenes, and we are at the Triskelion two weeks later, uh, where they have a situation. And this situation uh, apparently is the Hulk. Uh, we see view screen images of the Hulk uh, busting stuff up and uh, we then shift back to Norway uh, a couple of days prior where we have the old man Helmut and it looks like he's laying dead in the middle of this uh, stone circle and Thor is there along with Balder and Thor says this was Loki's doing yes he's free from the room with no doors says Balder free and still a god while we were reborn as men I can feel him out there moving things around. And we then shift back to Fury and the Triskelion. And he's uh, being briefed on this uh, attack by the Hulk. And he's asking, casualties? Too early to tell how many, sir. But yes, confirmed by multiple reports. Visual. 
coming in now, sir. And we see the Hulk, and he is busting up Manhattan, throwing cars around and that kind of thing. And Fury either thinking or saying, what the hell were you thinking, Banner? And busting up uh, cop cars and that kind of thing. It'll go to full page. And then we shift back to Thor and Balder in the Stone Circle in Norway. And Balder saying, this complicates things. Everything hangs in the balance. And we're back with Fury here, and the, uh, the, the people are monitoring. The, the monitor says, the Ultimates have engaged the Hulk, sir. Here we go, says Fury. And we see Iron Man, Ultimate Iron Man, who looks very different from the normal Marvel Iron Man. Anyway, he's uh, shooting things at, at the Hulk and not having much uh, luck here. And Hulk is going, rawr, and he's encroaching on Iron Man. He rips the helmet off, and he's kind of grabs uh, Tony Stark's head. And, yeah, I don't, I don't know what went on in the actual comic. Maybe he got his head crushed or something. I really don't know. Anyway, the Hulk is going, rawr. And we shift back to Thor and Balder. And Balder is saying, you have always been a good man, Thor. A good man wanting to do good things. But you have also always doubted that you could be more. It's time for that to end, says Thor. Then I need to hear it. And it finally needs to be said. And we see um, the Hulk going flying in in this fight, I guess, with Iron Man. And um, there's several things going on during this. So it's kind of hard to to read in sequence. But we still have have the conversation between Balder and Thor. And we're cutting back and forth with this fight with, with the Hulk that the Ultimates are doing. Do you lack faith, brother, says Balder, or do you believe? I am my father's son, says Thor, and this world is under my protection now. And we see the Captain America in the Quinjet. The Quinjet's being attacked by the Hulk, and the Cap is falling back. He whomps the Hulk with his shield, but gets pommeled by the Hulk, and the Hulk is continuing to to, to scream and, and rage. Cap's down. What do we do now, General? Ready the nuke says Fury. And if you believe in God, soldier, pray for a miracle. And we cut to New York, and we have a uh, shot of, looks like, the, the Empire State Building being struck by multiple bolts of lightning. And there's also smoke coming up from, from the ground, but obviously this is Thor arriving on the scene. And we get the conclusion of this little scene with... Um, with Balder here. Understand, even beyond Loki, there will be those that stand against you, that ridicule and mock you. There will be those who doubt you. Waves, brother, waves against the rock of Odin. And if it is not just words, what will you do when others stand in the way of our father's will? What will you do when they take action to stop you, when they do violence? What will you do when men make war? Then, brother, I will bring the thunder. And we see Thor is in New York City, and he is smashing the Hulk in the head with his hammer. Uh, Lots of lightning going on. And we have the final page of the issue with just the word, believe. And that is Ultimate Thor number four. We'll be talking about this issue right after this message. I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. Red alert. All crew members report to battle stations. Red alert. Shields up. What shields? You start lead officers. Now start acting like it. Oh, it's just Garrett. 
Plain, simple, Garrett. Dax, we might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. The wormhole does bring them our way, doesn't it? Everyone wants a piece of the new frontier. This will shortly become a leading center of commerce and of scientific exploration. Starfleet, one of our most important posts. Quite a motley crew you've assembled here, Benji. Listen to The Prophets, a Deep Space Nine podcast. And here are your hosts, Andrew Leyland and Paul Spataro. Bloody hell. Oh, I love a woman in uniform. Only on TwoTrueFreaks.com. And we're back with a few thoughts about the issue, as we always have. So anyway, so I, I get why people are not happy with this this little four issue mini here the ultimate universe i think was widely seen as sort of this is the r&d department for the marvel cinematic universe this is where they got the you know samuel jackson nick fury this is where they got some of the elements of you know captain america in in the mcu and i'm kind of glad they didn't go this direction with with thor Though I'm not entirely happy with what they've done with Thor, and I've spoken at length about that in other episodes, I think that this would have been definitely a, a wrong step for them as far as, as you have something kind of indicates that Thor is actually kind of a crazy person, but at the same time, they try to tie that in with actual events, quote-unquote, in Ultimate Asgard. We know... You know, from Norse lore, how Ragnarok was supposed to go, one would assume that Ragnarok in this universe would probably have been something similar. But here we have something almost completely different because of the involvement of, of Loki bringing Nazi soldiers to team up with the Frost Giants. Yeah, somehow I don't think that that's what the Norse had in mind when they were writing the original lore. Now, that being said... The story wasn't that bad. Um, I didn't think that it was as horrible as some people do. But I'm glad that the MCU didn't go this direction. It's hard to see where the story would have gone from here. So would they have tried to reestablish an Asgard, etc., etc.? There's no real clear way forward in that regard. But it's more okay, here's the justification for this Thor being you know, involved with the Ultimates in, in that series. I think it's really weird to choose the Thor to be the sort of gentle self-help guru who's writing books and giving seminars and that kind of thing. It doesn't make sense for that character, even in this universe, because we do have this established canon of Thor as a warrior. And... Yeah, so I don't I don't understand why they're doing that. I get I get that that doesn't really make a lot of sense, and that he would have to be talked into helping people in a, as as a warrior because that's what, how he starts out. This is what that character is in pretty much any adaptation of of Thor that I've ever seen. He is a hot headed warrior who likes busting giants' faces in with his hammer. Not somebody who gives seminars and writes books. 
Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I do think that there are problems with this series. However, I, I like the artwork. I think the uh, the writing and the art are both pretty good. I like uh, Carlos Pacheco's work. This issue looks great. Uh, there are very few missteps as far as the art goes. The the storytelling is a little bit a little bit convoluted, and that's because they keep jumping from one era to the next. You know, saying, well, this took place two weeks ago. This took place a month in the future. This takes, you know, and so that makes the story a little bit hard to follow when you're reading it out loud and, and trying to uh, you know, determine what order things are going on. And for that, I apologize because it's just not a lot I can do. I can only read it in, in the sequence that I'm given. But anyway, um, yeah, so not a great series, not a horrible series. It's certainly one that I had wanted to cover for, for a long time. And that is that. And with that, it is time to wrap up the show for this week. Thanks again, folks, for listening. I really do appreciate it. And if you want to email us, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also join us over on Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard over there and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard. And you'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard. <laughs>